season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. the jkr podcast today we have arkansas sticks pitcher 2025 commit to the arkansas razorbacks we got mark brissy on the podcast mark super pumped to get you on the show man how are you doing today doing great man how are you doing good so you just got back from jupiter but before we dig into that i do have one question that i do like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast and that is for those who don't know you how would you introduce yourself who exactly is mark brissy Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I would describe myself right now as a fierce competitor, a guy that hates losing more than he likes winning and a guy that will beat you any way possibly that he can possibly do it. But I mean, who knows right now? That's what I would describe myself as, but three, four, five years from now. I don't know what the answer to that question would be. Especially, especially at the AGI right now. I mean, you're constantly, constantly evolving, constantly changing. I mean, who knows? like you said, three, four, five years down the road. But um, let's dig, Let's just dig into your baseball career a little bit. So like I said, you just got back from Jupiter where you were kind of playing up, playing with the 23s and 24s. Yeah. Um, so kind of take us through what that Jupiter experience was like for you. Dude, it was awesome. I mean, seeing all the scouts, MLB scouts, agents, colleges, I mean, literally every single person in the baseball world you can possibly think of was there. I mean, you got your PG guys, your – Pro guys, I mean, everything, literally everything was there. And it was awesome just seeing that, especially as a young guy going forward, like just to see that for the future, just so I know what to expect when I go, when I when it actually is time for me to get scouted or me to pick an agent or all that stuff. It's just good for me to see that. Yeah, of course. So with, I mean, for the most part, most of those guys are there, like you said, are there to see those guys who are in 2023 or even guys in 2024. With you being a younger guy, like how do you, and you still see all these agent scouts there at the at an event like that like how do you go about kind of blocking that out and kind of just still going about your game I mean I just kind of my mentality going into it was kind of just like do my thing like if they like me they like me and if they don't they don't and it's just go do as, as well as I could possibly do and the result will happen after that yeah and how how did how were those results this past week um I pitched good no hits no runs and I top 93, so that was pretty good. Yeah. So for the most part, when you're playing other teams, obviously with the sticks, you guys being top tier, like Brewster kind of brought his best guys. All you guys were kind of committed to SEC, Big Ten schools. But when you were facing other teams, for the most part, was it 23s or was there other teams that were bringing their 24s and 25s? I mean, honestly, most most of it was 23s. But, I mean, you did see some 24s and then occasionally like the really top tier 25s were out playing and all that but mo- yeah for the most part 23s and 24s were were, were the main guys there so yeah so so you kind of mentioned this before we started recording but how would you kind of would you kind of say this is the the biggest baseball event you've been a part of or is there something else that might compare yeah I would I mean the only thing like I said earlier like the only thing that would even come close to compared was it was the uh, WWA this last summer in Atlanta Georgia and I mean honestly there was a bunch of guys at that the WWBA, but 
Jupiter, I mean, there was just kind of top-notch thing there. So, yeah, I know I've never been to Jupiter. I was at East Cobb this past summer, and East Cobb is kind of where I met Brewster, met a bunch of guys. Because, like I said, I'm trying to be an agent. Like, so I'm still at this point. I'm still like two two years away from graduate graduation. So I kind of went there to the East Cobb just to kind of network and kind of see what was going on. And it was it was kind of it was, I'm not gonna say overwhelming, but it was crazy to see the amount of, I mean, scouts. Kind of, there were some agents I talked to, and just even like every ball field that you looked at was a guy committed to an SEC school or a guy who was projected to be in the first round next year. Like it's it's crazy to go to those types of events. And um, I mean, like you said, it's, it's pretty cool, but I'm um, digging more into your travel ball career a little bit. Let's talk about the Arkansas sticks. Let's talk about coach Brewster. Um, so how did you initially get connected with the Arkansas sticks? Um, I got connected to the sticks. Let's see here. So Stevie Landers and my dad are in the same business. They both sell cars and they've kind of known each other and then kind of put two and two together, how trip, Tripp and I both played baseball, and he invited me to his facility one day when I was in seventh or eighth grade. I don't really remember. And I went up, uh, did some, like, practice with them. And then a month after that, I got invited to go to would have been MLK that, like, next month with the sticks. And that's kind of how I got introduced to the sticks. And then after that, I was kind of just, like, all set, like, I'm a stick until I graduate. Yeah. So you were pretty young when you went to the sticks, but were there any other maybe travel ball teams that you played for before you played for the sticks? Yeah. Um, I played for Rawlings Tigers when I was little. Um, there's like a little Rawlings thing where uh, about an hour from me and I played out of there. Some local kids from Jonesboro and Batesville and places around Arkansas. We all played together. and So that's kind of where I grew up was in the Batesville and Jonesboro area playing baseball. Yeah. So with you being a part of the sticks program now for a little bit, like what, what do you think with you just being an insider, what do you think has led to the success of the Arkansas sticks? Cause like, like we've talked about, I mean, they have consistently Arkansas TCU, all these sec guys who are committed or even getting drafted as well on um, these past couple of years. So what do you think personally has been like this? What do you think has been led to the success of the Arkansas sticks? I mean, obviously, recruiting the players I mean the players is what it make the results but the backbone of the organization I mean it's professionally ran it's the coaching is outstanding uniforms is just I mean all of it is just great and all of it comes together and what started from a regional um, powerhouse is now a national program that most people in the baseball world know so you mentioned jerseys there. Obviously, I mean that's kind of a small part to the whole big picture. But mentioned jerseys, three the th three and two does a great job with all your guys' regular jerseys. But this past tournament, you got to be wearing those White Sox jerseys. So what was that like being a part of the White Sox scout team and having a, a professional jersey on in um, in Jupiter? That thing, I mean, it was awesome. They hooked us up. Those things looked exactly like White Sox. I mean, we not only comfort, but they look so amazing and wearing an MLB jersey as a 10th grader. I mean, it was surreal for me to see that. So do you think there's a difference when it comes to wearing your regular sticks jersey to that White Sox scout team? Like, do you think there's a potentially a target on your guys's back when you're wearing those type of jerseys? 
I mean, yeah, obviously being like a quote unquote scout team, I mean, that that obviously puts a a target on our back. We're gonna see every everybody's best pitching. We're gonna see everybody's best. But I mean, I kind of my mentality is kind of just go play your game and the what'll happen is gonna happen. And that's just kind of what my mentality was. Yeah, which is the best way to think about it. But um, another cool thing, you guys, from from what Treg told me last night, you guys actually got to be in the Marlins clubhouse as well throughout this past week. So what was that like being in the Marlins clubhouse? Yeah, dude. I mean, it was awesome. We all had, like, lockers with our names on them, and it was insane. It was – I mean, there's pro guys walking everywhere. We got full access to everything, batting cages, like I said, lockers, bathrooms, all that. I mean, and – Coach Brewster, if you're watching this, uh, is my first time ever to walk into the park without my jersey on as a stick. So, yeah. So talking about, so I'm sure Coach Brewster is definitely going to listen to this. I mean, I, I I text him pretty much every couple of days just about the upcoming schedule or what what we're all going to be doing. But um, talking about Coach Brewster, he's a big relationship guy. He's kind of the reason the Arkansas Sticks are where they're at right now. Um, so if you kind of had to describe your relationship with Coach Brewster and kind of how it's evolved since you've got connected with the organization, how would you describe that? Um, obviously my coach, but as well as my friend. Like, I mean, I talk to that dude every single day. Like, I hit a new PR in a bullpen. I'm texting Coach Brewster. I failed a math test. I'm texting Coach Brewster. I want something. I'm texting Coach Brewster, and he's hooking me up. Like, it's just everything in life, not just – I mean, everything outside of baseball, like Coach Brewster is still my guy. He's almost just as good of a friend as he is a coach. Yeah. So so you got Coach Brewster. You got all those other great coaches that the Arkansas Sticks have. I'm sure there's other guys in your baseball career who have helped you out along the way as well. Um, but if you had to pick maybe a handful of guys who have been most influential in your baseball career, who do you, who would those guys be? Um, let's think. If my top two guys are – my probably my old high school coach, um, Coach Kelly Rush, he raised me. He was my PE coach from kindergarten to I don't even know when. And then he was my um, high school baseball coach. And he was so influential, influential to me. I mean, he taught me everything I need to know about baseball, really, honestly. Um, second guy, I would have to go Dustin Mosley, my pitching coach. Um, he – I went to him when I was 11 years old, had zero mechanics. I just threw hard. And he has honestly put me in – made me the pitcher I am today, like developed off-speed, repeating mechanics, all that good stuff. Like um, I give all that credit to Dustin. Yeah. So how did you get connected with Dustin with Dustin Mosley? Um, one of my teammates at the time was getting lessons from him. And my dad is like – dude, you throw crazy hard, like all this, like, but you, I mean, you don't know how to pitch. So we're going to go send you to a coach. Does anybody know a coach? And my teammate was like Dustin Mosley, Little Rock, Arkansas. And we went when I was 11 and I've been going every other week since. <laughs> so at this, at this point where you're at with him right now, when he's kind of taking you through a workout, when you said every other week, what are some things he's taking you through and what are some, the big things, big things of emphasis that he, he um, goes through? Um. I mean, obviously, most of it's mechanics. Um, one thing that I have been working on recently is my hand being on time. So, obviously, baseball is a game of inches, and um, 
your arm slot or your release point is very important. And I was struggling with that. And he helped me immensely trying to get my release point on time, which made me ended up making me throw more strikes and all that. But I mean, one thing with Dustin, like he can literally look at me, watch one pitch and tell me exactly what I was doing wrong. I mean, he's like a, he played in the big leagues for like 14 years or some crazy stupid. And he, uh, he's helped me so much. I mean, he, he can watch one pitch and tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong and then how to fix it. Yeah. So if you had to dig into the, you talk about mechanics there. So if you had to dig into kind of the entire mechanics of your windup, just when you're on the mound, kind of take us through from when you're, let's say the catcher's, catcher's giving you the sign all the way up to when you finish up with the pitch, kind of take us through the whole mechanics of your windup. Yeah. First thing, um, I want to get my foot in the exact same spot as I did the last pitch. So if your foot's not in the right place, the ball's not going to go in the right place. And that's like the first thing. Second thing is sitting in my legs, um, getting the power from my legs up to my arm and then stride, obviously try and put your uh, plant foot in the same spot every time and then delivering the pitch as well as you can. So, okay. So like we, like we said before we started recording, Perfect Game does have you listed as a pitcher, first baseman, third baseman, and outfield. But kind of take us through in your head kind of what the plan is for the future as you kind of transition into potentially being a PO. Yeah, I mean, um, I want – I mean, obviously pitching is my strong suit, but I really like hitting. And I'm going to do – I'm going to hit for fun as long as I can. And um, obviously in high school and then – Maybe when the day comes, travel ball, quit hitting, but it's fun, man. I in high school most definitely until I graduate, but hope hopefully um I'll evolve to PO once I get to college and I'll be able to hit all their showcase in uh high school. So yeah. So once that time does come, let's say hopefully, like you said, it's your fall going into Fayetteville when you do become a PO. But when that time does come and you you stop hitting altogether, how do you see your pitching side of the game kind of evolving? Like, do you think it's going to evolve kind of quicker because you're fo- solely focusing on that, or do you think it's kind of going to be the same? Um, I I would say it'd probably be the same. Like, honestly, I think um, I think hitting helps me pitch. Honestly, like the work work ethic of it, and um, like one thing. Dustin, my pitching coach, tells me is like exit below equals arm below. So, I mean, all of it's compatible. Like, all the mechanics are very similar if you really pay attention to it. But, I mean, yeah, I don't think it'll change that much as as a pitcher once I quit hitting. So, if you were to dig into your pitching repertoire a little bit, what are some of the pitches you've thrown up there when you're on the mound, and maybe a couple pitches that might need the most work? Um, I throw fastball, curveball, changeup. Change up is probably my best. Well, no, it, it definitely is my best off-speed pitch. Um, curveball definitely needs the most work. I mean, it's good when it's on, but just getting it on every single outing has always been a problem for me, and that's one thing that I work for every single time I throw it. So if I, yeah, if I could strengthen one thing, it'd be repeating the curveball throughout outings. Yeah. So with that three, you said it was three pitches, right? That three pitch yep. sounded like, okay. Um, so if you, are you planning on potentially adding a fourth pitch or are you kind of set with the three pitches you got right now? Um, I, I mean, I like my three pitches. If it, when the time comes, someone tells me I need to add another pitch, we'll look into that. But for right now, I mean, fastball curveball changeup is, is what it's going to be for me. Okay. 
So you said you said working on that one pitch um, is definitely something you want to focus on. Did you say changeup or curveball there? Curveball. Curveball. So besides fixing the curveball, what would be maybe one thing or maybe a couple of things that you'd like to fix most uh, before you head to Fayetteville here in a couple of years? Command, command, command. Like being able to put, like um, being being able to put my pitch wherever I, exactly where I want want it to go. I mean, that's one thing that I would really like to do is improve command. Okay. So if you were a scout watching your game, let's say you're a scout watching you last week at Jupiter, they see you on the mound, they see you pitching, they see you in the dugout. What would be your personal scouting report on yourself? Um, let's see here. Um, live fastball, hard fastball with a lot of run. Um, intriguing changeup, I would say. It's pretty good for my age. And then um, a curveball that I can throw in late in counts with um with confidence and get some get get some swing and misses okay so with with you saying you have a live fastball with you being entering entering into your sophomore year like what does that look like so how fast so for a for a sophomore that says he has a live fastball like how fast are you throwing um my top ever is 93 in jupiter my average was 91 my average fastball is 91 top 93 there um so yeah it on a on a normal pitching outing, my my fastball will be eighty eight to ninety two, top ninety three average right there in the ninety ninety one range. All right. So when you're facing some of the top guys in your class, like do you think that's that's pretty not average, but do you think that's similar? Like, is there a lot of other twenty twenty fives who are throw, throwing up there in the low nineties? Yeah. Um. I think there's like twenty twenty five guys that are ninety two plus and like five or six that are 93 plus maybe. So what's that look like in Arkansas? So digging into Arkansas high school baseball, obviously when you're looking at just state by state, there's not as many as top prospects when it comes to just high school baseball in general. So kind of take us through um, what just, what last season was like as a freshman playing high school ball in Arkansas and maybe some things that you like, what the outlook is on this upcoming spring. Yeah. um, Last year, we lost in the would have been semifinals of state. Um, we were very senior heavy. We lost seven starting seniors this year. Um, this year, we're going to be young, but I, I think that we have potential and we can win games and people will will be surprised about that. But yeah, look at look out for the pioneers. We're going to be we're going to be flying under people's radar and winning games, I think. So. All right. And Batesville, Batesville, I feel like I've heard that name before. Like, are there other guys from Batesville who have gone on to play um, Power 5 schools? Yeah. Um, this year, we have senior Gage Wood who uh, – Oh, that's where – I've yep, I've talked to Gage Wood times. That's where I've heard it. But yep. how, how far is Batesville from, let's say, uh, Jonesboro, where Josh Hyman and Lance Davison from? Yeah. Who, who are some of those other guys in your, in your general area of Arkansas – who are guys to look out for? My um, my conference last season had seven Arkansas commits in it through eight teams. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and assume the majority of those guys did play for Coach Brewster, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, all of them did basically. Um, yeah, all of them. Yeah, because the way when I when I first met Brewster, I well, when I first saw Brewster it was through Black Cobra. And I went and like look, kind of looked at his Instagram page, and I felt like every guy on his team was committed to Arkansas. It was crazy. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's man, it's crazy to think just what Coach Brewster's done. 
Um, yeah. But with you being a sophomore, but you still ha- kind of have that experience playing underneath those seniors last year as a freshman, uh, do you think you're kind of take the role as a leader just because you have that experience? Or are there a couple of guys um, one, two years older than you who might become that team captain or team leader? Um, yeah, there's a couple of guys older than me. I think I'm going to have to take a leading role as a pitcher. Um, I'll probably be one of the main guys this year, and I'm going to have to take a big step up from last year and maybe pitch in that clutch moment or pitch the playoff game or that kind of thing, like step it up as a, as a pitcher and have, have the, have the big games. Unlike last year where Gage got those. Yeah. So being, so being a freshman last year, playing up against some of those 17, 18 year olds, how would you compare Arkansas high school baseball with you being a couple years younger compared to playing your own age group with some of the top tier prospects? Like how would you compare that, that uh, competitive level? Um, I mean, I think they're pretty similar. I, like, like I said, our conference was freaking legit. Like we, like every, I feel like every team had a D1 commit or a this or that. And um, compared to like high level showcase ball, I mean, it's very similar in my opinion, like 15, 15 new players, like those top ranked guys, I think, I think are just as good as the, as the guys that are D1 commits in Arkansas. So if you had to look at the top players you've played up in the summer circuit, so it could have been in Jupiter and the, the guys in the 23, 24 class or guys you're playing with all summer in 25, like who would be the toughest hitter or even the toughest, toughest couple hitters that you've faced so far in your career? Toughest hitter. Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, a kid that goes to Green County Tech High School, uh, we face him in high school ball. Same as Hudson Gwynn. He was he was committed to Arkansas. He decommitted, but that dude, I mean, you could throw it four feet over the plate and or four feet away from the plate, and he could still hit it 400 feet. Like it was insane. He was he's probably the the toughest hitter that I faced. And what about let's what about travel ball? Travel ball. Let's see. Cannon Golden. Cannon Golden is good. Ooh, yeah, Cannon, Cannon's good. He's, Cannon's he, good. He's uncommitted now. He decommitted from South Carolina, so maybe you're going to have to. Yeah. Hey, Cannon, if you're watching this, Cannon, if you're watching this, commit to Arkansas, bro. All right, there we go. I mean, you know what? I'll just post that. I'll just post that little five-second clip right there on the podcast and tag him. See what, see what happens. All right. <laughs> uh, no, so digging into your recruiting process a little bit to Arkansas, uh, let's kind of dig into how that recruiting process got started for you and how – uh, when you did start getting noticed by some division one teams. Yeah. Okay. Um, I pitched, I, I got, I had an arm injury. Um, I sat for a while. It felt like forever. Um, came back the junior futures games going into my ninth grade year. So eighth grade going into ninth grade. Um, I hit 88 with the fastball at junior futures games. And I was getting all those emails like come to your, come to our camp, come to our camp, come to our camp. And I mean, those at the time, like those were just like so-so emails, like, all right, cool. Like I'll come to your camp. But I mean, I ended up going to those camps. So that's when it first hit me that it was like, all right, this is about to happen. Like it's, it's real. So, so who are some of those camps that you, I mean, obviously you get a bunch of emails. I'm sure you didn't go to every camp. So who are some of the camps that you, you did decide to go to? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had a four week, like, four straight weeks where I was going to go to camp. So I was going to go 
to Texas A&M, and then Arkansas, and then Ole Miss, and then TCU. Those are my four. Um, I was going to go to all four of those in a four-week span, but I ended up just going to Arkansas and Texas A&M. Okay, so how would you compare that A&M camp to Arkansas? How do they compare? I mean, A&M was sweet. Like, facilities-wise, was really nice. Um, it's kind of like a rustic feel down in College Station, which was really cool to me. And then Arkansas, in my opinion, I mean, it's top-notch. Like, if you can't if, – if you're not getting better at Arkansas, you're not getting better anywhere. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas – I know I've, I've talked about this with a couple of different guys, but, man, that Arkansas facility is crazy. Yeah, it is yeah. insane. The, they they would put like what north of thirty million dollars into it. Let's get, yeah, you know, but no. Um, so after those two camps, how long was it until you actually started having conversations with the coaches of them kind of being like, hey, like we'd like to have you come to school, then potentially offering you like how long was it after those two camps where that whole thing started to unravel? At, at those camps is when um, is when they were talking to me as as offer based. Okay. Like when when we started talking about offers was at those camps. So what were those conversations like? Like how did the coaches kind of go about giving you that official offer and kind of pitching their school to you? Yeah, um, Texas A&M, I talked to them at the camp and then we set up a phone call for the next day. And one thing I liked about this phone call was he never talked one thing about Texas A&M. He wanted to know about Mark Brissy, who Mark Brissy was, like his home life, his this, that, and which, which I did like from Texas a um, He never talked one time about, like, we're this, we're that. You should come here because of this. Um, and then Arkansas, I was there when they offered me, um, which was cool. So, it was kind of like show you around the facility. Like, um, we did this and, like, seeing all this stuff, locker room, weight room, all that stuff. And then, yeah, and then we talked after that, so. So you get those two offers from Texas A&M and Arkansas. How long was it until maybe some other teams started working their way into the mix or even you potentially committing to Arkansas? How long was that? Yeah, so um, Arkansas offered me that day at the camp, and uh, it was one of those things where it was like dream school, home state, great, great everything. And I was like, I accept your offer. I shook it. I shook his hand in there. (laughs) <laughs> so basically throughout the recruiting process it was just two schools is what I'm yeah saying. it was I mean and the thing the funny thing about it is it's like you tell the you see all these stories about like these guys having crazy long recruiting processes and going to 30 different schools I mean mine was literally mine literally was a six-day span like I went to Texas A&M had a phone call with them talked to them went to Arkansas got an offer accepted and then it was done Okay. So if you did, let's say you did, let's say you did go on to have maybe a, a six month year long recruiting process. If you had to go through that and you had to compare more schools than just AM and Arkansas, what would have been some key things that you had been looking for within a university, within a coaching staff and just how the whole university is? My number one thing was um, to have an engaged fan base. So I grew up from Arkansas. I was, I've always been a Hawk fan and just having being around that fan base was just so awesome to me and that's what that's the number one thing I was looking for in a college was a fan base that would be into it and with A&M and Arkansas both of them were legit at that at at that so yeah 
So with both with both AM and Arkansas both having that legit fan base that's just very involved, what besides Arkansas kind of being the home school, what else was it that put Arkansas ahead of Texas AM? Um facilities. Facilities are insane. Um coaching staff loved every single person that's involved with that program. Love it. Um and then success. I mean, some people say they're they're not worried about success, they're lying. Like Everyone cares about if you're good or not. And if you don't, you're doing something wrong. And I mean, what we've been to Omaha three of the last five years and one of those being COVID. So three of the last four seasons, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's like nothing success-based that Arkansas doesn't have except for a college world series win, which we're going to get this year. So. Yeah. And another big thing you guys have is obviously the relationships that you guys have prior to going to Fayetteville. And that's a big part on coach Brewster with all you guys kind of playing together on the sticks. So what are some of the relationships you have with some, some of the other Arkansas commits Um, not maybe in your class and in other classes? Yeah. I mean, seems like every Arkansas commit in the nation plays for the sticks. Like, I mean, we all know each other. We all have, I mean, we all have each other on our phones and all that stuff. I, I keep in touch with 10, 15, 20 of the, 20 of the Arkansas commits. Like we're all pretty good friends. And then how, how, with you kind of, with you being in Arkansas, how often are you going to Fayetteville just in a spring season to go watch just the current Razorback team? <laughs> so my brother go is a freshman at Fayetteville. Um, and we have season tickets to baseball, football, and basketball. So I go to like literally every single chance I get, I go up to Fayetteville. Like I, I went to like probably half of the baseball games. I've been to every single home, home football game this season. Went to a couple of basketball games last season. Like I'm up there as much as I could possibly be up there. So, so how long is that drive from Batesville then? It is three and a half hours on if you don't stop. Four hours if you stop me. Okay, that's, I mean, that's still not terrible. I mean, I feel like Arkansas is kind of like a, a beautiful, a beautiful state in a way. Like, so, I mean, that makes the drive kind of easy. When yeah, it, I mean, once you do it all the time, you kind of get used to it. It goes by pretty quick, so. Yeah, so kind of take take us through what an Arkansas game day looks like. I mean, I know SEC football is top notch, and that's above, heads and toes above every, every other conference in college football. So take us through what an Arkansas football game day looks like. Um. Wake up with college game day on the TV, obviously, and then uh, probably get to tailgating and then go get in line to get in the game, watch the entire game, and then go home. I mean, it's awesome. Like, last year I went to the Texas football game when we all rushed the field, and I was right there up in the midst of it when no one knew who I was. But, <laughs> uh, like, I was all up in the midst of it being an Arkansas fan. So, yeah, it's awesome. So with you being the, I, I read that you're the first commit in the 2025 class. That's correct, right? Yes, I was the first one. Okay, so with you being the first commit in the 2025 class, have you kind of tried to convince maybe some of your other teammates or some other guys you're playing up against in travel ball or even in high school to kind of, you know, go, go check out Arkansas, like come, come play with me. Let's go win the College World Series. Yeah, I mean, obviously the uh, the guys at like the national level, like I, I talked to them about going to Arkansas, some of the guys. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like some of the guys in, in, in Arkansas, it's just a dream. Like if you have the chance to go, you're going yeah. like, I don't really have to persuade them because it's, it's everybody's number one. 
Yeah. So what's, what's your relationship like with the Arkansas coaching staff? I know it has to be pretty good for you to even commit there, but since you have committed, how has that evolved? Yeah. So they legally can't talk to me. So like they can't text me or call me on the phone, but I go up there for camps, like uh, prospect camps that you uh, go and talk to them. And I talk to them. I go twice or three times every single year and get to talk to them and they see how I'm doing. I see how they're doing all that stuff. So. So what are you looking forward to? Obviously, since they technically can't like reach out to you and it's the whole, all these NCAA regulations of you have to text the coach, but they can't respond. Like, what are you, what are you looking forward to most once that September 1st deadline comes up next year? Um, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I'm looking forward to just being able to talk to them, like literally just calling them, telling them how I pitched or, tell them great job on the win or all that stuff. Like I'm just ready to be able to talk to them. Kind of like the Brewster thing. Um, talk to them as friends, not as coaches. Yeah. Which is, I mean, always a great thing. I mean, at least they give you, I've always kind of thought it was kind of dumb for, for September 1st of your junior year, especially for baseball, because I mean, I feel like any legitimate prospects commit into a school when they're a freshman or sophomore in high school. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, for basketball, football, I guess it kind of does. But for when it comes to baseball, it just it's odd. Um, but yeah. big, let's transition a little bit to kind of let's to 2025, 2025 MLB draft when you're going to have an advisor at that point. Um, so let's dig into potentially some advisors that have reached out to you in different ways that they have. Um, yeah, I'm talking to a couple different advisors right now. One of them found me at or saw me play at National Showcase this summer. Um, and I'm still talking to them. I saw them at Jupiter, had a great conversation with them. Um, one of which, or one of the, one of them is actually my dad's, like one of my dad's best friends. He's an, he's an agent here in Batesville and he does all, like most of the guys, um, from close to here and especially pitchers. Okay, and then, so I, I think, I think I know who it is. I'm not going to mention it. I can kind of just, I'll, t- I'll ask you after the recording's over. I'll ask you, I think I know who it is, but as you go through the process, um, what are some key things you're looking for uh, when it comes to in an advisor and in an agent? Um, a good relationship. Like um, I want somebody I can trust, obviously. Um, I want somebody who can guide me in the right direction, who isn't going to blow some smoke up my butt. And he's going to like, tell me what I'm worth. Tell me this, tell me that. And who's going to be real with me? And I think that that at the end of the day, that's one of the most important parts is yeah. being trustworthy for to as an agent. Yeah. So with with those three guys that you have kind of talked to in the past, like how how good are those relationships right now? Like how how often are you talking to all three of those guys? Yeah. Um, my parents talked to the one the guy that I saw at National Showcase and. The guy from Batesville, I literally talk to almost every day. Like his his son is one of my best friends. So I'm I'm over at their house eating dinner. She her his mom, the agent's wife, always makes me cookies and they're so good. Um, <laughs> just like just like the little things like that. Um I, yeah, but yeah, I see him almost every day. All right. So digging into these last couple of questions I got for you. I do kind of like to dig away from the baseball field just a little bit to end it off. Um, so a couple of these questions are, so when you're not playing baseball, what would be some of the passions you have beyond the baseball field? Um, 
thing. Um, I look, cars. My dad's in the car business. Cars is like one of my favorite things. Like every time dad gets a new car shipped into the dealership, like I'm always up there wanting to know what it is. <laughs> um, another one is golf. I play a lot of golf. I'm on the high school golf team. So love playing golf. It's one of my hobbies outside of baseball. So does, does, I know when I was in high school, people said golf kind of ruins your baseball swing. Is that, is that kind of a myth you think? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably say it's a myth. Um, but I, 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 I try my best to translate both kind of, uh, play baseball during baseball season and play golf during golf season. So yeah. And golf season is fall. Then I take it. Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's like, it just happened. So it's during football season. Yeah. Fall. Okay. All right. So for dad's car dealership, what type of cars does he sell? Um, he sells Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and then Chevy, Buick, GMC. So if you ever need a car, hit up my dad's sandwich, Chevrolet. All right. Well, I guess, I mean, that's probably like a 12 hour drive for me, but you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll make an exception. I'll, I'll go up there though. I mean, Dodge, Jeep, Chrysler, Ram. I mean, that's probably, and I mean, Chevy, GMC. I mean, those are top yeah. two. Those are, my, those are my two favorite brands. So oh, yeah. for, for you, if you had to pick one on the Chrysler side, what would it be? Ooh. Um, he, he, he has a red eye Hellcat Challenger, Ooh. wide body, dark gray on black. And that thing is freaking bad to the bone. Yeah. I've, I've driven it. It's awesome. Yeah, I worked for a I worked for a Chrysler dealership at like an internship in high school for like a semester and I got to drive a glad it was right when the gladiators came out. Yeah. Drive one of those. Uh we had a we had like a ninety seven thousand dollar uh red eyed Hellcat. It was all those whatever it was. Yeah. All was all the names put together. Yeah, and it was it was in our it was like in our it was actually in our showroom. So obviously I didn't really get to I all I did was get to see it, but no. Yeah. I, I bet that's cool working at look uh, having your dad on a dealership and uh, yeah, that's awesome. But um, so besides your dad's dealership, of course, and playing golf, what are some other things to do in Batesville? Like, is it that kind of like a bigger town or how, how does that range in size, like sizes of towns in Arkansas? So um, Batesville's population is 11,000. Um, the county population is 35,000. So it, I mean, it's re- it's pretty it's pretty small compared to most standards, but I mean, there's really not that much to do. Play golf, uh, play baseball, hang out with friends. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's 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 more of a small town vibe than it is a big town vibe. Yeah, which I mean, in my opinion, I grew up in a small town. I mean, in my opinion, small town small small town vibes are the best. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, so if you just three more questions here, I've been kind of adding these questions in. So these are going to be brand new to the podcast. You're one of the first ones to be answering them. Kind of Sweet. just some thought provoking questions to end it off. So if you were to look at yourself 20 years down the road from now, what would be that perfect picture of how your life's going? Ooh. Um, a baseball player, obviously, um, a pitcher with a wife and uh, being a good husband and being a good dad. Yeah. Um, I think after all, that's one of the more important parts, but yeah, I mean, just being, being a baseball player, that's the dream. Yeah. And I mean, we've like, we've talked about, I mean, you've got, you've got a good head start to it now going to Arkansas. Um, so, I mean, I want to wish you the best of luck with that. 
Um, but when it comes to motivation side of things, what is it that when you wake up every day and you kick the sheets, what is it that motivates you to get up every day and go dominate, just go dominate? Hmm. That's a, that's a good one. Let me think. Um, I mean, there's a new couple of questions. You're the second person I've asked. I'm trying it out. God, honestly, like um, Jesus Christ, like dying for our sins um, makes me, is one of the main reasons I get out of bed every single day. Um, Everybody that has put effort into me makes me want to put effort back out to them. So, yeah, that's probably, those are the main two, like, all the effort that's gotten put into me, like I have to put that back out and do as much as I possibly can. Yeah. All right. So getting away from those two serious questions, we're getting it off with something fun. So when you do head to Fayetteville here in a couple of years, um, you are going to have the opportunity to capitalize off of your name, image, and likeness just because of yeah. that new regulation that the NCAA came up with about a year and a half ago. So when it does come time for that, what would be one dream brand? that you would love to endorse and it can't be Nike or Under Armour or any of those like big time brands. You got to like, kind of think this through what would be one dream brand with that. Uh, some of my POs are going to like this one. If any of y'all are listening, but I'd probably pick Lululemon. It's that's, that's like my whole wardrobe. I love wearing Lululemon. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, so I'm going to say that's two for two on the night on the day for Lululemon. I just interviewed Lance Davis. He said the same exact thing. I feel like, it's crazy. Like I interview all these guys from, it's mostly on the East coast side of things all the way up to Arkansas to the East. And I feel like every guy from Arkansas says Lululemon everywhere else. It's must not be a huge thing. Cause I mean, Lululemon's not very big here in Indiana. So I don't, maybe it's, crazy. yeah, it's, it's the, huge in Arkansas. That's like, and my whole cause is Lululemon. And I, I mean, like I got a little longer right now. Like it's, it's what I wear. Like one thing I love about it, like, I go to church. I'm wearing Lululemon. Like I got Lululemon polos and Lululemon khakis. I'm going to play golf. I'm wearing Lululemon golf shorts. I'm going to school. I'm wearing Lululemon athletic clothes. Like it's got everything. Yeah. Well, Lululemon's got Arkansas on lock, man. They've, they feel like they've got everything going on, but yeah, <laughs> I, I was figuring you're going to say 44 gloves. I mean, I see you holding that 44 glove there. Um, pretty, yeah. pretty easy glove right there, but 44. Is that the glove you usually use, or do you usually use Rawlings? Or I don't. I use um, a Nike Shado. Okay. You probably don't hear that that very often, but no, I do not. I, I mean, I see Nike gloves, but I've never heard of a Nike Shado. Yeah, so it's a pro exclusive glove that um, one of my buddies gave me. It's I love that thing, and sad thing is I can't get one with my name on it until I'm a pro. So, Ooh, all right, well, but I, I did just order a Heart of the Hive. I, I just ordered a heart of hive and I'm excited for that to be here. So if I had to pick one that like a basic glove, I'm picking Rawlings. All right. Well, heart, heart of the Hide is definitely my favorite Rawlings glove. Cause they've got pro preferred heart of the hide. I feel like heart of the hide just it has better material material, even though it's a little bit cheaper. Like yeah. I just like that material better, but there yeah. with you being kind of like a man of faith, like you talked about there, there is one brand you might want to check out. It's called four, just the, the number four him H I M glove company. Their glove company, they've got a couple major league ball players, Blake uh, Blake Trianon, or however you pronounce his last name on the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. Other guys um, who rep who rep their brand, um, but they're based out of Phoenix and they're all faith based. Um, I kind of came across them a while ago, and they're they're a cool company that um, I recommend to people every once in a while. But uh, yeah, Mikey, that's sweet. I'll check it out. Yeah, Mikey Casino, Tennessee commit for your class. He's 
he he reps them too. He he's got one of their gloves. Oh, that's sweet. But yeah, I actually played with Mikey in like a twelve U tournament. I picked up for the uh, TBT Ballers, and kind of one of those things where it was just like random guy. I don't even. Where's he from? Uh, I think Florida. He's committed to Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we follow each other on social media and stuff. But yeah, I I played with him a long time ago for one tournament. Yeah, some somehow he's close with uh, Holiday. Um, I think it was Ethan Holiday, and then Max yeah. Clark mm-hmm. and all those guys. Somehow with him being down in Florida, somehow he's connected with all those guys. But huh, that's cool. Uh, no, but man, that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I do want to wish you the best of luck as you head into these next couple of years of travel ball, next couple of years of high school ball, head to Fayetteville. Hopefully you go ball out. Um, I'm trying to work with coach Brewster, coach Brewster to potentially go to Arkansas next spring, kind of do some in-person interviews as well. Um, hopefully have you a part of that as well. So, yeah, for sure. Um, once I, once I get some more podcast merch, I'll definitely send you something as well. That way you get to rep yeah. the brand and kind of yeah. show, all, show all your friends when you're at these tournaments, what the J care podcast is about, sure. but no, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me.